Greetings, Northlings, <laughs> and welcome to Haunted Up North, the so cool, it's actually not, paranormal podcast dedicated <gasps> to the telling of real-life spooky stories from the north of the UK. I'm your host, Victoria, and I do hope you find yourselves scintillated, scared, and most importantly, entertained by the spectral tales I'm about to tell you today. Or the spectral tales we're about to tell you today, because I've got a guest. Hello, <laughs> holy moly, magnificent guest. <laughs> She's the mother of all mothers, my actual mother. What's your name? My name is Francis. <laughs> <laughs> I am pleased for you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Are you enjoying your holiday in Haworth? Because that's why you're here, isn't it? it? Oh, I am having such a nice time. It's so lovely. I just actually don't do an awful lot. Just mooch about. Eat lots of bad mooch. things. Mooch. <laughs> I've had a good mooch today, actually. Mooch. I've been mooching around Haworth. And we uh, we mooched around Haworth last night for Halloween, didn't we? We're recording this oh, on yeah. the 1st of November. The day after the event. It was quite good last night. Screaming children, chocolate all over the floor. Yeah, there was actually genuinely chocolate. There was mm. a chocolate trail, wasn't there? There was. From discarded chocolates. Little munchkins. Pumpkin bags. So we've done that. Mm -hmm. We've had my grandma's birthday, your mum's birthday. We did. But do you know what my favourite part of grandma's birthday was? What? Making her buy halloumi fingers yeah. and gula flower popcorn. Because I, I said to her, I said, I said, because I, I sorted out the party food and I jokingly said to her, can we have these? And then she was like, do you like those? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but, yeah, but the halloumi fingers, like, it's a play on words for Halloween. Hell. Mm. Ha, ha. And then she was like, oh, if you must. <laughs> she doesn't really get it, but she gives in. Um, well, thanks for coming on Haunted Up North again. I enjoy it. You've been on before, haven't you? I have, yes. In the early days, mm -hmm. a year ago. About a year ago. Probably somewhere around there, yeah, because it was, it was cooler. It wasn't the summer visit, it was a, a wind. Probably would have been just after Christmas. And we um we talked about your paranormal experiences, didn't we? Your we personal did. ones. Mm. But today we're not going to do that. Unless you want to, unless you've had some more personal ones since then. I haven't actually really, no. I've just been pretty busy this year and just working and not noticed anything spooky. So it's probably good that I'll tell you some tales. Well, I yeah, I'm ready to sit back and listen and to be entertained by your spookiness. Okay. But will you speak a bit as well? Because then it's just like it's not a special guest, it's just me. You're not special. Not in that way. You are special. <laughs> but today we're gonna talk about Dunsky Castle. Mm. Dunsky Dunsky Castle is a ruined castle. You know where it is, don't you? I do, yes. It's in Port Patrick in Dumfries and Galloway, and you live there. I do. It's just near to me. It's one of my... It's a very atmospheric place to visit because you have to walk sort of along the top of these very, very high dunes along yeah. this tiny little path. Yeah, the path is quite tiny. It's it high is. up. It is. It spooks me a bit, to be honest, because I'm not good with heights, as you know. No, I'm not really. I struggled a little bit. It's not that bad, the journey to Dunsky Castle. I was surprised no. at how close Dunsky Castle is to Port Patrick, and it is just a short way up the coast from there, and it's about a 15-minute walk mm. for the average able-bodied person, and I, I wouldn't recommend trying to get there if 
you struggle with walking? Would no, you? because you have to go up a steep incline to get to the path, which is yeah, high up. There's quite a lot of steps to yeah. master first. Mm. But it, the views from there are absolutely spectacular over to the Isle of Man, across the Irish Sea, and then you, you see Dunsky just looming in the distance. Yeah. So to you know, at Dunstanborough, how that sort of looms on yeah, the edge. Dunstanborough very Castle in the northeast. My favourite. Northumberland, mm. yeah. I remember we went to see, we've been to Dunstanborough Castle a lot as a kid. Yeah. And you get to it from Craster, don't you? And you walk along a, a coastal walk, don't yeah. you? Across like fields and stuff. Is mm. it fields? Well, it is on the very edge of the sea, but it's through, there's fields come right up to the edge of the sea. There's cattle there and everything. Yeah, but one year we went and it was misty and you couldn't see anything, could you? No. So you're walking for a while and you forgot that you didn't have much sense of distance, did you? Because you couldn't see no. anything. And I remember thinking we still had a long way to go to get to Dunstanbury because mm. you couldn't see it in the mist. And then I think my dad said... I said, how much longer? Because <laughs> it seemed did. like we've been going for ages. Mm. And he was like, well, we're here. And the thing that I'd been looking at, the murky shadow of the mist, was actually the castle. Yeah, and we were nearly right on top of it, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, it was weird. It was really scary and strange. And I thought I was expecting to see it in the distance, but then it was just there. Mm. That was I weird, remember was that. that. That was really spooky and cool. That's what inspired some of your artwork for A-Level. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I'm... Like you, not a fan of heights particularly. No. And you have to go across a little bridge with slats <laughs> to yes. get to Dunsky Castle. In between the steps and the cliff edge, there's a bridge with slats. I don't like bridges with slats. I'm not keen on those. I usually run across that with my eyes closed screaming. Yeah, I don't like to see the ground beneath the slats. No. <laughs> but it gives you vertigo, doesn't it? Even if it's not mm. that high, I just go very still and don't want to move. And Martin has to coax me over with like... Some I always kind of feel like treat. I'm going to just fall <laughs> over the edge for some reason some forces are just pulling me over the edge yeah exactly or you're going to melt through the slats yeah or it's going to give <laughs> suddenly I'm 50 million stone and it's all going to break <sighs> I just don't want to die I, I always fall worry. to my doom the thing that worries me about sometimes where you think you're going to go over an edge I think what's going to happen to my phone what about my phone what if it goes in the water you know oh, if you're yeah. going over a bridge I think my phone's going to magically float out of my bag and land in the water mm, yeah that's not good but Port Patrick's very nice, isn't it? I like Port Patrick. I mean, there's there's not really a beach as such. There's a little sort of sandy area that the kids usually play on. But it's a harbour and it's a working harbour. Yeah. And there's a lifeboat there. But it is beautiful. It's full of rocks and there's a little lighthouse there. There's nice niche little shops. And for anyone who doesn't know exactly where it is... Port Patrick is a little seaside village in Wigtownshire, southwest Scotland, and it's on the west coast of the Rins of Galloway. Yes, that that's the Rins. the Rins. Yes, uh, which is a the Rins of Galloway is a twenty-five mile long peninsula with its southern tip being the Mull of Galloway. Yes, which is also a nice place to visit. And you, like mm. you said, you can see the northern Irish coast from the harbour in Port Patrick. And the Isle uh, of Man. And the Isle of Man. Mm. Uh, it's very beautiful. I would recommend it. But it has got a lovely harbour and lots of pubs, nice restaurants and hotels to stay in. And my favourite place to stay there, although I didn't stay there last time, because I mistakenly thought it was closed, but it wasn't. It closed briefly during lockdown and then opened again. But my favourite place to stay in Port Patrick, although there isn't anywhere not nice to stay. No, they're Pot all Patrick lovely. Is, a, is the Port Patrick Hotel, which 
which sits high up on a cliff overlooking the town. It's a bit like The Shining, isn't it? The it hotel is, from The yeah. Shining. <laughs> which makes it sound creepy, but it's not that creepy. It's, it's a great place to stay, but it's just old and massive, and it was built in 1905, and it, it reminds me of the Overlook Hotel. Mm, it lot. is. It's a fantastic place. But it's been done up recently. I think it's it seems to be in a constant state of evolution, doesn't it? It's You know, if you look at TripAdvisor, mm. there's some reviews on there that are from a long time ago that don't reflect what it looks like now. No, it used to be, I think it was owned by Shearings, you know, the coach company. Mm. And and they sold it, and then it was for sale for a while, and somebody else has bought it. So it, it's different sort of companies that own it, but it's just such a popular place to stay because where it's sited, right on top of the cliff, and the views, especially on a stormy day, are just yeah, fabulous. it's really good. Yeah. And it looks a little bit like um, the hotel in the original Witches film. Less elaborate. Mm. It's more Overlook Hotel than that, but it also reminds me of the Witches. Yeah, it's hotel. just atmospheric, isn't it? It's just cool. The last time I was in Port Patrick, I found a weird little house. Did you were? Near there. You know when you go up, so the Port Patrick Hotel's on the cliff, mm. and if like we wanted to investigate some old buildings that looked like they were disused, we, mm. we didn't go in or anything. We were just investigating them, some old outbuildings, because they looked creepy. Mm. And then just beyond that, we saw like a little... It was like a little hobbit house built into the ground. Really? Yeah, and it, it looked like something you'd see on Grand Designs. You know, it's like built into the hill. Yeah. And we looked and it was in Grand Designs. Oh, that one. Yes, of course. It, I forgot about that was there, yeah. Yeah, it's called Clifftop House. Mm. It's that, North, that, is, that is gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah, Northwich Point in Port Patrick. And it's, it's high up near the Port Patrick Hotel, but it was on Grand Designs in mm. 2019. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Mm, I think you can look it up and just Google it. Mm. But Dunsky Castle is the most interesting thing oh, we want to is. talk about today. You don't have to get to it by Cliff Edge. I don't no, think. you can come another way as well. There's but... an old railway line, isn't there? Yeah. That we we went on, we walked along the railway line on the way back. Mm. It's not a railway line now. No, it's a disused one. You can you can go either way. It's just walking up. It's although it's the height's scary. It is actually nice to see that lovely view, and then you you come right up onto Dunsky Castle. But in this um, old railway line, there were all sorts of flowers and butterflies living down there and there was a sparrowhawk which we followed most of the way back mm. and it was like flitting between the two edges of the because yeah. the railway line's in between two in inner land cliff edges um, that was really pretty it was mm. a lovely day mm. have you actually been to Dunsky Castle yeah, Inn? I've, no I don't think I've been right into it I've sort of been in a little bit you know what I'm like I don't like going into things that might fall on my head well it says on Wikipedia that the current owner Lady Anne McFall restricts public access to the site yes she does yeah but when we went there's a big gate over the opening but it was mm. open it was oh, unpadlocked right. it hadn't mm. been forced open so yeah. I think she started letting people in there possibly but it's really cool to go in like I said it's a ruin but you can go up um, different floors and stuff and, oh I didn't do that yeah well I've got some good photographs in there so mm. I'll probably share those to social media oh, after that'd be this good, goes yeah. out because it is very atmospheric and cool and you don't get charged either for looking around nope it's free go. I wonder if they just open it in summer or something I don't know because I can imagine the weather's quite dramatic there during winter. So oh, maybe she's super. worried about people falling off. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Small children going over the edge of the cliff isn't good. No one. Well, that's relevant to a story later on. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. But I'll talk about Dunsky Castle a bit first. Right. So it's a ruined 12th century tower house. And, well, some sites describe it as a 13th or 14th century tower house. If my dad was here, he'd probably have more of an informed answer to which century it was built in. He would. But the fact is it's really old. And it's about half a mile south from the village of Port Patrick 
And no one seems to really know who built it. It's presumed it was built for the Adair family. Is that how you say it? Adair? Yeah. The Adair family, who owned the land from no later than 1326. Mm. But I like that name, Adair. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Adair. Uh, the Adair family retained Dunsky Castle for 300 years, though it briefly came under control of the Kennedy family in 1455. Oh, they're from Castle Kennedy. But in 1489, it was attacked by Sir Alexander McCulloch of Merton. Yeah. And burnt. <gasps> Naughty. <sighs> the little scallywag. Yep. Uh, it was rebuilt in the 16th century by Ninian Adair when it took the form of a three-storey L-plan tower house, which I guess that means it was built in the shape of an L. Yes. Sorry, anyone listening, if you can hear pattering, I don't know if I can sort of edit this sound out, but it's raining and we're in the attic, aren't we? It's raining. But anyway, that's what that is, if you can hear it. In 1620, Dunsky Castle was purchased by Viscount Hugh Montgomery, who added a new wing connected to the north of the existing tower. His grandson, also called Hugh, his grandson Hugh supported the royalist cause during the Wars of Three Kingdoms, which were a series of conflicts fought between 1639 and 1652 in England, Scotland and Ireland. That's, that's like English Civil War era stuff, isn't it? Don't like know. Charles I execution things. I don't know. Oh, rubbish. Maybe we need history. to Google that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is. But anyway, mm. he ended up surrendering to Oliver Cromwell, who confiscated his property, and he was sent into exile, but was allowed to return in 1652, though his estates were withheld. Is this interesting for you? Yeah. Good. Throughout this period, Dunsky Castle was in the hands of James Blair, who Hugh had leased it to in 1648. This is very descriptive, isn't it? Uh, with the Blair family eventually taking full ownership of the castle. However, it was abandoned soon after due to the Blairs having acquired numerous other estates and quickly deteriorated, becoming ruinous in 1684, which was only 50 years after Viscount Hugh had added his new wing. Oh, that's not very good, is no, it? No, rubbish. rubbish. If you'd done something up, you'd want to... Look after it a little while. Yes, yeah, stupid mm. wars. That's yeah. war's fault, isn't it? Mind you, the borders, though, in Scottish borders, there's so many different things going on all the time. And things were always changing hands like that. Just makes you think what it would have been like if it, there hadn't been a war. I know, and it'd be a fantastic place to live. Well, yeah, it would be a good place yeah. to live. You couldn't drive a car there, I don't think. No, you definitely couldn't. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you could use the railway line. Just get that as you drive. Maybe we should buy it off Lady Anne McFall. Do you think we should? No. It would be a good project for grand designs, though, wouldn't it? I think even they might balk at that. They might balk. 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 <laughs> he balked at it with disgust. <laughs> balk. Dunsky Castle was the location for the 1951 film adaptation of Robert Louis Stevenson's novel Kidnapped, as well as the location for 1992's Double X, The Name of the Game. Have you watched that? I don't even know what that is. I've watched that like ten times. Is it good? I've never watched it. I oh, don't know yeah. what it is. Neither do I. Uh, the 1952 film Hunted, and it was the scene of my last holiday, as in the holiday I went on last, not the very last holiday I'll have. No. So when I visited Dunsky Castle, I met up with my dad and his partner in Port Patrick, and my dad's partner is someone who's grown up around the area. She was born in and around the area, like Stranra, and she was telling me there are a lot of ghost stories attached to the castle, and these stories were told to her when she was a child, meaning that she grew up hearing a lot about the ghosts who are supposed to haunt Dunsky Castle. 
which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Like, talking to someone who'd, who they'd been sort of interwoven in childhood stories and stuff. Because she's not particularly into the paranormal, but because mm-hmm. she, um, because these related stories held a certain nostalgia for her, she was quite keen, quite keen <laughs> to talk about them with me. And she told me some interesting, spooky things about the place. Didn't you tell me today that the kids in Scotland for Halloween for Trick or Treat have to perform a dance? No, not, not a dance. They have to tell a little rhyme. They oh. never just come to the house and say trick or treat and you give them chocolate. They always come and they're always, the costumes are always wonderful, but they knock on the door and then they tell, they do a little rhyme or they sing a little song and then you give them the sweeties. So I'm not sure about that. You know. Well, it's nice, but I don't know. I have to feel They weird. enjoy doing what it. Do you do while they, what do you do while they're doing it? Oh, it's, it's only there. a few seconds. I don't it's... know what face. I wouldn't know what face to do. <laughs> well, the first I didn't know the first time that they came there. I'd never done trick or treat in Scotland, <laughs> and I opened the door and I just went to give them something, and they, they're saying something to me. I thought, what are they doing? <laughs> That's creepy. It's not, but it's really nice because they practice a little rhyme, and it's usually a little Scottish rhyme. Well, it's, it's a traditional nice. thing. I just don't know what I would do. All oh, right, right, yeah. You'll have to do <laughs> Halloween Sorry, at my stop house. This. Stop this, please. No, I couldn't. And just laugh. So about Dunsky Castle. Yes. The website Dumfries and Galloway exclamation mark What's going on? Question mark has Dunsky Castle down as one of the thirteen scariest places to visit in Dumfries and Galloway. Mm. There's a quote from their webpage that says, The brooding cliff-top setting of Dunsky Castle gives off a wild, remote and rugged feel. And it does, doesn't it? It actually does, yeah. Even on a nice sunny day, because it's so dark and it contrasts with the sky when you look at it. It has that look of foreboding, doesn't it? Have you heard of the Abbot of Soulseat Abbey? No. Is that how you say it? Soulseat? I don't know. S- it just spelt Soulseat. Must S- be. Uh, well, apparently he was imprisoned and tortured in the castle. Which <gasps> Goodbye. Isn't very nice. I don't. I don't know. This is the thing that we'll find. There's accounts of Dunsky Castle, and the list of things that it's haunted by basically consists of a sentence. And I couldn't oh. find anything else on. I mean, I, you've only got. I can only do what I can do mm-hmm. in the time I have. But I couldn't well, find I much g- about. I think he was tortured, and imprisoned to give his lands away. Oh. Something like that. Yeah, that that would be sounds sensible for them. But it says that ever since then. And I don't know when that was. It's mm. been haunted by a brownie. Ooh. You love brownies in Scotland, don't you? Yes. Chocolate brownies. Ooh, salted and, caramel brownies. And folkloric brownies. <laughs> we do of, like a good brownie tale. <laughs> made of heather and things like that. Uh, but a brownie, a brownie that isn't a chocolate bake. This is a paranormal brownie. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bruni. Bruni. Well, apparently it says online, some people call it Bruni. Hmm. But I'm a bit... I don't know if I like doing that, because... It's a brownie. Because that's, that's just the accent, isn't it? A brownie. It can be, yes. Sometimes people say that's how it's spelt as well, but I think that's hmm. just the accent, isn't it? And it's a bit I think culturally so. insensitive, isn't it, to say? But that's just no, an accent. No, it isn't, because um, there's, there's, Scots language is different, and it's also written in a different way as well. Oh, right, so that might be where it came from. Yes, I don't know if it was just... Some kind of ignorance saying... No, it's or not. because it sounds thing- like some people say it like that, then it no. must be spelt like that. No, things are written down differently as well. So, but I will f- I'm going to investigate this this torturing thing. I'm going to try and find out who did it and why. Yeah. And, and when. Them. Tell them not And I'm going to get there. To do it. Yes. I'm going to go up to their family that's now and knock on their little door that's and now. say, excuse me, <laughs> did, you, did you hurt somebody? 
Yeah, I will find out who they were. Well, for anyone who doesn't know what a brownie is, a brownie is a legendary creature popular in Scottish folklore. And a brownie resembles a hob, which is similar to a hobgoblin. And there are actually quite a few legends around Howarth, around okay. Yorkshire, about hobs. There's a lane that Martin's just, well, he's obsessed with, <laughs> he's obsessed with stories about hobs. <laughs> and he's found a lane called Hobcoat Lane, which I think is in uh, Oakworth. And he read somewhere that you're supposed to leave a pat of butter out for the local hob or something like mm. that. So I think I'll do another episode about the, the Northern English stroke Scottish hob, because I think the hob, the brownie is called a hob in Northern England, mm. but it overlaps into Scotland as well. But I think the brownie is the Scottish term. But a hob or a brownie is a very northern British thing, apparently. Because there do seem to be a lot of stories about them around here in, in Yorkshire. Mm. A lot of stories about hobs attaching themselves to remote yeah. Yorkshire farmhouses and things like that. Yeah, there's hobs, hobbits and hobgoblins. Well, I think a hobbit is just Lord of the Rings, isn't it? I know there were some tales in, in when I lived in Burnley of, of hobbits. Oh, right. But a brownie is very similar to a hob in that it's a household spirit that's said to come out at night while the owners of the house are asleep and perform various chores and farming tasks. So that's a reference that bears some resemblance with the northern English hob. But yeah, it's meant to perform various chores and tasks. Some were known to, well, known to, they they would uh, milk cattle in the night and the farmers would wake up and wonder why the cows were dry. Where did you hear that story? It's a tale I grew up with as a kid. All right. The human owners of the house must leave a bowl of milk or cream or some other kind of offering for the brownie, like the hob Mm. and the pat of butter, usually by the hearth. And a brownie, if you do anything to offend them, and apparently they are easily offended, will leave your home forever. They are universally described as mischievous and can sometimes turn malicious. And this sounds very much like a abusive relationship, you know. It I'm is. not sure about how I feel about it. Being held hostage by a hobbit. Well, well, no, it's like it's the 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 brownie. It's sort of making yourself indispensable when no one really asked you to help out, and then getting mad if anyone does anything to even slightly annoy you. Mm-hmm. It's very controlling, if you ask me. Not very nice. But also, I just think, why why are you enslaving yourself for so little as well? It's just weird. Is it some kind of game? <laughs> Probably is. They must gain something from it. But I guess, I guess, I guess they wouldn't be very scary, would they, if they were just kindly little creatures doing nothing but good for you? Oh no! And they'd probably get taken advantage of if they did. Mm. But maybe that was the brownie origin story. Maybe they started off as good, then became polluted by the cruelness of mankind, like Frankenstein's monster. Could be. They are generally described as, and this isn't very fair, so just to say I'm just the messenger here, Mm -hmm. they're described as ugly and covered in hair, and in older stories they are usually human-sized or larger, while in more recent tales they are small and wizened. Oh, I didn't know they could be big. They can sometimes turn invisible or take on the shapes of animals and are always naked or dressed in rags. If a person attempts to present a brownie with an item of clothing, they will leave forever, and that'll be where J.K. Rowling got the idea of Dobby the House Elf from in Harry Potter's, mm. wouldn't it? Because if you hand Dobby the House Elf an item of clothing, he's he's free of your service. Oh, right. Forever. So it's the other way around, isn't it? It's probably yeah. a bit of a healthier perspective <laughs> mm. than the brownies wanting to be chained to human service. Weird. I read another interpretation of the brownie, which says that a brownie in some circles is believed to be the ghost of a deceased servant who once worked in the home. And I quite like this one, actually. 
for example, the cold, the cold, C A U L D, the cold lad of Hilton. Mm. So the cold lad of Hilton is a spirit who's said to haunt the ruins of Hilton Castle in the city of Sunderland in the northeast of England. And he's reported to be the ghost of a murdered stable boy. And he appears to witnesses as a naked boy who is said to clean up anything that was untidy and make messes of things that were left tidy. So, for example, the kitchen, if left in a mess, according to witnesses from the past, mm. if the kitchen was left in a mess, it would be tidied by morning. And if left tidy the night before, it would be messed up by dawn, Ooh. which is weird. And an invisible person... This is in Hilton Castle. An invisible person would take hot ashes from the fires, lie on them, leaving behind the imprint of a body. Oh, that's creepy. I know, and chamber pots would also be emptied across the floor. Ooh, I don't like that thing about lying in the ashes and yeah, just... Yeah, that's well scary. It is, just That'd imagine just seeing them. It would, wouldn't it? Oh, no, don't like that one. And ch- ugh, chamber pots, that's horrible. Yeah. I'm really glad I haven't had to live in an age where I've had to use a chamber pot, where oh. I've had to exist without Victorian plumbing. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Have you yeah. ever had to use it? I'm sure I've had to use one in the merge. I remember no. chamber pots being in the house. Yeah, we did have chamber pots. My my granny used to, and my, my auntie, auntie, you know, Auntie Flory. They used Auntie Flory. Auntie yeah. Flory. Well, they had. We found a picture of Auntie Flory the other day, didn't we? We did. Oh, my God, that's so hilarious. <laughs> She just, She's yeah. strange with Auntie Flory. Auntie Flory. Yeah. Well, mm. they had, because it wasn't called a chamber pot, it was a pool. <laughs> and you'd have the pool under the bed. That's but, just horrible. But the steam from the wee uh. <laughs> used to make the bed springs go rusty. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, I never thought of that. Yeah, so they had to clean the bed springs and sometimes they just had to get rid because they'd just <laughs> rusted. It's just disgusting. Yeah, so the steam from the pool made you, your bed your bed springs rustic. Oh Can you imagine me with a chamber pot in my house? Oh, gosh, no. I just couldn't sleep. No. Mm-mm. But uh, apart from that, anyway, <laughs> apart from that one sentence about being haunted by brownie, there's no... Is there nothing else? No, it's just that. And then I don't know what the link is to the to the abbot. Is the brownie the ghost of an abbot? But the abbot wasn't a servant, although he was a servant of God. But it could be the ghost of another servant who served under the abbot and was killed along with him. Well, I am going to find out because I have a lot of friends that will maybe know more information that's actually published on the websites. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah, ask some local brains. So I don't know how these hauntings of a brownie manifest, but it could be that it's... Well, we'll talk about that later. But maybe it's just gone now because there's no one left there to tidy up after or mess with. So another ghost of Dunsky Castle is one that my dad's partner told me about, and mm-hmm. it's a bit of a sensitive subject involving the death of an infant. So look away now, listeners, if this type of story isn't for you. As I understand, it might not be. But it's not a nice story for anybody really to hear. But it's not its not graphic particularly, but it involves the ghost of a nursemaid who apparently dropped a baby from a window <gasps> high up in the castle, which inevitably tragically died when it hit the beach below. Oh, good lord. And it's a horrible image, that, isn't it? Mm. Especially if you've been to Dunsky Castle, because it's very high up, and the drop would be pretty huge if this incident really did take place. Mm. But again, there's not much online to say in what form these nursemaid hauntings take place, and I'm clueless as to the circumstances of how she came to drop a baby from a castle window. But the window in question, according to my dad's partner, is a very large window on one of the upper floors, and I'll add this to social media, because it's like a big arched window looking Mm. out to sea. And it's there's obviously no glass in it, it's a ruined castle, but this is apparently the window that the baby was dropped from. Mm. And apparently, on some days, 
when you hear the seagulls crying, mm. you can also hear the sound of a baby crying with them. <gasps> That's scary, but also beautifully <laughs> scary mm. in a Mike Flanagan sort of way. It you is. can imagine that being in a Haunting of Hill House mm. type scene. They used to have window seats, didn't they? Either sides of the big windows, and maybe this child oh, yeah. had crawled, and the nursemaid hadn't noticed. And it just went over the edge. Well, yeah, it could be an accident, couldn't could it? Could be, yeah. But she's apparently meant to haunt the castle because she feels guilty about it. Well, yeah, I imagine. If I'd dropped you out of a window, I'd feel a little bit guilty. I'd hope so. But I didn't drop <laughs> you out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> Much to your chagrin. Uh, another ghost who's said to haunt the ruins of Dunsky Castle is a spectral piper who was imprisoned inside the castle but found a way into a series of secret caves. <gasps> Ooh! So these caves are below the building, mm. and the eerie sound of his pipes playing can still be heard drifting upwards from beneath the castle. Ooh. There was some story about a pirate ghost named Curry. <laughs> I couldn't find many references. Curry's a Scottish name. Oh, is it? Is that how yeah. you say it? Curry, yeah. Something to do with a pirate. So if anyone knows about a pirate ghost. I'm interested in those caves underneath. Could be something yeah. to do with Sony Bean. Although Sony Bean's quite a long way away from there. Well, they say that on that coastline there's a lot of caves and that there were there were a lot of dwellings in them. So Sony could have been anywhere from, from there right up to Killane. If you look under Killane Castle, the caves there, they've got sort of window bits in there as well, like a castle. And some say that Sony Bean was there. Some say Sony Bean was further down Girvan Oh, yeah, way. I guess so, yeah. So it's that whole coastline there. I think there were dwellings in, in caves. Mm. Well, if anyone wants to know more about Sawney Bean, there is a Patreon episode dedicated to Sawney Bean. If you fancy signing up to that, you can listen to it. Oh, well me worth talking it. about it. It's superb, is Sawney Bean. Yeah, mm. it's superb. Superb. But it's weird, isn't it, how Dunsky, although it's, it's quite infamous as a haunted castle, mm. there isn't much in the way of tales about its various ghosts apart from a sentence. But perhaps yeah. I'm wondering if these apparitions were mainly seen by people who lived in the castle during the time in which it was inhabited. And because it was so long ago, there's not much left in the way of first-person narrative. Yeah. And so these ghosts have fallen into legend, which only affords them a sentence of narrative because there's just no living link to any everyday instances of it's everyday possible. Dunsky Castle hauntings anymore. But that's that's a little bit like... That reminds me of the haunting of... No, is it the, the haunting of Bly Manor? Where they talk about, you know, there's like a story about how the ghost has become what it is. You know, yeah. the, the ghost of the... I can't remember who she was. It's the it's Mike Flanagan's wife, the character that she plays. Mm. I've only seen it once, so I have to watch it again. But she sort of the, explains what a ghost is, doesn't it? Yeah. And eventually it, it kind of repeats the same walking pattern, doesn't mm. it? And it sort of becomes... It fades away a little bit. The features fade away from the ghost because it's been so long. Yeah. And no one can remember the story of why the ghost is doing it mm. reminds me of that a little bit it's not a very good explanation that but we'll have to watch that again yeah i really loved it but mm. i'd have to i'd have to brace myself for that i couldn't stop crying for weeks no. oh that. it's traumatic i it's, cried in the middle it's wonderful i cried at the end mm. and it's just oh it's so emotionally beautiful <laughs> but this tugs at your heartstrings doesn't it it's just so lovely it's a brilliant it was a brilliant show I will tell you a personal Port Patrick ghost story. Oh, go on. Well, it's not personal to me. I didn't witness this. But it's personal to my dad. Mm. And as you know, he's in a band. 
is in about four or five bands at the moment. He is really, yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't know, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he's got the energy <laughs> no. to do all this. But anyway, he was playing with his band as he regularly does at a pub that I stayed at last time. I went to called the Harbour House Hotel, mm-hmm. and he did a gig there in the main bar area because he lives in South West Scotland. That's why he was playing a gig up there. And as he was packing his gear up, he swears to me that there was no one near him. Mm whatsoever, he heard someone say in a man's voice really close to his ear, now then, Mr. Insert Dad's surname. So Mm. they said Mr. and then said his surname in his ear. And I won't reveal his surname on here. But anyone who isn't familiar with a Yorkshire dialect, now then is a colloquial form of greeting, isn't it? Sort of like saying hello, but in a Yorkshire type of way. And it's mainly men who use it, isn't it? It is. I'm not being sexist or... No, it's what a man would go up and say, now then. Yeah, and I I can't think... I don't think I can remember a woman ever having said it. No. But I'm sure my grandma grandma says it when she wants to get someone's attention. She's about to explain a situation. Now then. But yeah, that's how... That's what now then means. So he distinctly heard this man say, now then, Mr. Surname, Mm. directly into his ear, and he immediately looked up, expecting to see someone standing beside him, but like I said, there was literally no living person around who could have said that to him at such close proximity. But what was even weirder is that his friend, one of his oldest friends, had died that day around the same time that he'd been packing up his stuff. Was that his his friend? That recent, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So he just died around that time. And my dad had had a difficult time with the whole thing and he'd been down to England a few times to offer support and see him and stuff. And his friend was a Yorkshire man living in Yorkshire again by the end of his life because he lived in South Africa, didn't he? And mm, in America. America and stuff. He, he was really well-travelled. and he, But he ended up back in Yorkshire because his family from there and that's where he eventually died. So he wonders, my dad wonders if, you know, it was his friend saying a last goodbye. Could have been. And the last time that my dad had tried to see him... He couldn't see him, could he? Well, he was too far. He didn't want any visitors mm. in the last, because I didn't think he wanted people to see him like that. No. So I wonder whether... He, my dad wonders. He did hear it. He swears he heard it. Mm. So he's wondering whether it was just a little it was goodbye was. that he didn't get. But yeah. yeah, that was in the Port Patrick. No, it wasn't. It was in the Harbour House Hotel in Port Patrick. Oh, wow. It's quite nice, isn't it? But there's mm. loads of stories about that, people seeing loved ones just before. Yeah, or something that reminds them of the loved one. You, you see yeah, a lot maybe. of people see... I know somebody from actually from Port William, near where I am, and her... No, a mum or a grandma died, and it was the middle of winter, and it, this person had just died, and she just looked up the window, and there was a butterfly just flying about, and it was in the middle of winter. And she saw it associate, and she said it was a nice thing. It was quite comforting. Yeah, you and see, she, yeah, you see things that. And she thought that that was a sign. So she's always loved butterflies ever since. But in, I'm sure in some cultures I've read that they just accept that you will see your mm. ones afterwards. Like you used to see pet dogs, didn't you? Oh gosh, yes, Our I did. Pet dogs you yeah. used to see. I've seen them all actually. Yeah. Apart from the last one. Oh, my mum's dog just died. Everybody. He did. Rex. He was the best boy he in the world. He was a big, big lab- golden Labrador. He was. He was lovely. He's my little shadow. Should we dedicate this episode to Rex? Yes. He had such an original name. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give him that. He, he was a rescue boy. He came with that, but everybody knew him as Sexy Rexy. He wasn't very sexy, though. He was wasn't it? at all. That was it. He just wasn't. He was just... He just was it was a big stupid Labrador who was wonderful and he loved me and I yeah. loved him. Yeah. And everybody looked he had a laughy face. Yeah he did. <laughs> <laughs> he was always laughing at me. 
don't know what's so funny. And he used to spread what we called the love, which meant he covered you in hair. He was very excited to see people all the time. Oh, he was. He was unconditionally affectionate. Yes. You could rely on him to be nice to you, couldn't you? Oh, at any time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I haven't seen him yet, but I probably will. Maybe you'd see his snout behind, around the door or something like that. Yeah, or I might, be, I might one night feel him jump on the bed. Well, yeah. My dad, um, he... I think he mentioned this in the Patreon episode, because you, you are on the Patreon... No, hang on. You're on Haunted at North Childhood Ghosts. Yeah. And he is on a Patreon episode called Childhood Ghost Part 2. Yes. And in that he talks about he has felt a couple of times when he's alone in the house. He has felt someone get into bed with him a couple of times. Yeah, just sat on the bed and sort of cuddled up to him a little bit. Mm. And then he's woken up and there's no one there. But he feels the bed um, go down. Like that pressure. Yeah, mm. strange. So if you do want to hear more about my dad's spooky stories, sign up for Patreon, Haunted Some More, and press play on the episode called Childhood Ghost Part 2. He talks about some of his personal paranormal encounters in that, including some from within the house he currently lives in, mm. and the house you used to live in. Yeah. And you told some scary stories about that on the Childhood Ghost episode. But my dad, he told me another story last week, similar to the one I've just told about the voice in his ear. Mm. He heard another voice in his bedroom, like a man's voice, just over by the left-hand corner of his bed. Oh. And this time he couldn't make out what it was saying at all. It just it was a, just a manly-sounding voice, probably another Yorkshire one, from the way he described it. And at first he thought it was his phone, you know, making a weird noise, or some automated voice was speaking out from mm. it, because it was that clear that it was a man's voice. Uh, but the phone was turned off, and he couldn't explain how the voice had come to be. That's odd because it's not like it's got any neighbours there or anything. It's a secluded place Mm. in the middle of nowhere. So it's not like somebody could be passing outside and speaking. I um I read something on Instagram the other day which said I can't remember what the account was and I can't remember I can't quote it directly word for word but it said something like the paranormal is just the normal but it's not explained yet yeah that's true I feel like that about all paranormal stuff you get people saying just you know just disregarding any kind of paranormal Mm. tale it's like well it's just stuff that isn't explained yet but I don't find that. I still find it interesting and still creepy. Like the it, it epi- is. Like the last episode I did about the, the mountain spectre, some people think that it can be explained because of Brocken spectres, which are an optical illusion that you get in the hills. Mm. If it's misty, y- your shadow can cast upon mist if you're in mm. between mist and a light source. So it looks like there's a... It looks like there's a giant shadow in front of you, like walking around, but it's... But it's your shadow. Yeah, I'm not saying that the mountain spectre isn't real, but some mm. people think that's what it is. But to me, that's still that's still quite creepy. And when you watch videos of it, it's still creepy and cool. Mm. So I didn't really tell that many stories about Dunsky Castle, even though that's the title of this episode. But that's not my fault. Well, no, it's not. And the thing is, it's something that we can maybe investigate further then and see what we can find out. It is a fantastic place to visit if you're in the area because it's just, even on a horrible windy day, when you get there and you see it, it's just magnificent. Yeah, and there's lots of rooms to go in. Lots Mm. of ruined rooms and there's some very dark rooms as well below. That was a bit nervous to go in. I'm sure there was one, I have a photograph in my phone and I took it of a stairwell that just descends into darkness. And I don't, That's maybe where those tunnels go yeah, to. Yeah, maybe. And I can't remember. I don't think we went down it. I think no. I'm, if I can't see ahead of me, I'm not doing it. No, <laughs> I just wouldn't go down anyway. <laughs> Anything with a too sharp a corner. No, 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 no. But yeah, Could be is, the abbot waiting for you. Well, or the brownie. Yeah. To mess up my hair. Oh. Not that it's ever tidy, so. It might tidy it. 
Oh, that's an idea. Tidy my, tidy my hair, Brownie. <laughs> just go and stick butter, your head round the corner. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you take a pint of milk and a block of cheese and go, can you do something with my hair, please? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but yeah, it was nice to chat about things, wasn't it? It is, yeah. Would you like some tea? I think I would, yes, what we're having. Cottage pie. Oh. Thanks for listening, everyone, and for letting us inject a bit of Dunsky Castle soul into your day. I hope you found these ghosts to be good ones, even though there wasn't... Well, we had information that they're there, but we don't know much about them (laughs) yet. (laughs) But we hope you were suitably entertained nonetheless. Yes. Long live Pot Patrick and all who haunt her, or him, or them. And may their power forever compel you to never presume that being in a controlling relationship where you gladly go about your household chores in the nude, accepting only a bowl of milk as reward for your efforts, is in any way a healthy existence. Never. See you later. Bye! My name is Confucius Duprawat. <laughs>